Thank you for listening to this message from Waynesboro Free Methodist Church. Our mission is to multiply faithful followers of Jesus Christ. We hope this message helps you along your journey. At this point, like uh, I've got a little bit of a word that I'd like to share with everybody, but uh, I hope um, if you're like me, you probably have your coffee. It's cold by now. Mine, mine, I don't even know if it's worth drinking, but some of you probably have sweatpants on, so you've only shown the top. I'm not going to stand up, but I will say that I've got my bedroom slippers on and um, I'm feeling pretty comfortable. But the problem I want to bring up with that is this should not be comfortable. Right. Having church like this uh, should not be the norm. Uh, virtual church was not uh, <laughs> what Jesus had in mind when he went to the cross. Right. Um, so with that, like we've got this idea of what's comfortable. This this feels nice. Right. It feels comfortable and easy. Didn't take too much to just get out of bed and walk into your living room and open up a, a turn on a device and, and and get your coffee and everything and, and have breakfast and, and do church in, in, in your living room. Right. So so with that, like. I realize that's kind of where we've been for the last year. Um, and I, I hope it's still been like a, a rock in the shoe where it's, it's, it's still not the way this is supposed to be. Um, and, and ironically enough, um, with that said, it's almost as if, uh, so this past week I've been challenged a lot with uh, some, some things in scripture and uh, specifically in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, Austin McClanahan and I have been getting together. He's somebody who's been training in ministry and, uh, We've uh, been able to walk through Matthew and we talked a lot about the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, in a way, it's like Jesus is turning things upside down. It's one of the most powerful sermons that's ever been preached. And, and Jesus in that is turning things upside down uh, through the Sermon on the Mount. So I, I'd say if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter five. And uh, that's where I'd like you to be, because that's where the Sermon on the Mount starts. And uh, as uh, I'll tell you this, um, Ethan, Ethan Colvin, Pastor Ethan, has told me a story. Uh, about a pastor who was asked to share uh, a sermon at a conference, right? A big deal. Like he got, he probably got a good gift for it, right? He was asked to, because he's a very phenomenal preacher, right? And apparently the word is that uh, Ethan told me the story that this guy showed up and got up behind the pulpit and said, I'm, I'm going to preach to you the best sermon that you've ever heard, ever. It's the best sermon ever. And he just opened up his Bible and read Matthew five, six, and seven, the Sermon on the Mount, and then left the stage. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I, I don't know if he had to give his money back, but I, I would agree with him. Uh, this is the best sermon that's ever been preached. And it's the beginning of Jesus's ministry, right? He starts off his ministry um, kind of in like in Matthew three and four, where he's calling his disciples. He's starting to do good works and preach and herald the kingdom of God. And then he has this opportunity to preach this sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, um, and it's, it's proclaiming the nature of the kingdom of God, almost like talking about kingdom economics and, and how God thinks and what he delights in. And I, I will tell you that, that in the Sermon on the Mount, like there's just some strange thing that, things that Jesus says, right? Uh, some very strange things that he uh, says, like you, he, especially in the, in the context of the culture in the day, right? So he would say things like, you've heard it this way, but I say to you this. And it totally rearranges things. It rearranges reality in a way. And, and one of the things that he does, especially at the start um, with all of this, is he, he starts off his sermon with these things that some, for some reason are called the Beatitudes, right? Uh, 
he starts off his sermon with the those who are blessed, right? And and, and they're called the Beatitudes. And and if I bring that up, you probably have a favorite one in mind that you could recall right away, right? Like, oh, blessed are this, blessed are that, right? You have one that you immediately think of because it's one that you've cherished for a long time. Uh, I, I I have too, right? And and I will say that in this, the Beatitudes for a long time have been very strange for me, very strange, in the sense that uh, first off, like what is a like what is the, why do they get the name Beatitude? What does that even mean? Or like be this attitude and then you get the blessing like that's actually how i've thought about it for a long time they're the be attitudes be this attitude and 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 i didn't know this but the word beatitude is actually just supreme blessedness like that's what it means so i go figure but um i've been reading a, a book uh, recently called the the imperfect disciple by jared wilson and uh, i've been extremely encouraged by it and he mentions uh, some concepts about the beatitudes and and I've been really challenged by it. And I thought I would just kind of share it with you. In the 24 hours that I've had to prep this, whatever this is, right? Um, I just thought I'd kind of share some of the thoughts that I've been challenged with, uh, with the Beatitudes and in the hopes that God fills us with his spirit and illuminates our minds and hearts to the glory of the kingdom of God and the glory of the gospel. Um, so with that, uh, let, me, let me read these for you, right? I'm reading th- through uh, the Christian, that's backward, isn't it? Oh, uh, the Christian Standard Bible, and um, yeah. So uh, let me start off. So uh, if you if you notice uh, in verse twenty three of chapter four, it says that now Jesus began to go all over Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. And it's almost as if then this Sermon on the Mount is Jesus doing just that. The Beatitudes is Jesus preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. So let me start off in verse 2 of chapter 5. Then Jesus began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. That's my personal favorite one, by the way. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. And so... Those are kind of like the Beatitudes. Those are what we would call the Beatitudes. And, and I'll, I'll tell you that um, when I've read them, when I've thought on them and meditated on them, I often have done something that's actually very common in popular Christianity and a very popular view on what the Beatitudes are. And, and, and that is to moralize them, right? It's to moralize them, to make them like action points. Do this, get this right? Be this, then you get this, right? We, we make these moral actions. So like, so like if you were to read any kind of popular Christian self-help book, right? Um, or, or leadership book almost, right? It's like they turn these into action points. They turn them into things that you ought to be doing, right? So being meek is how we get the blessing or become weak and then you'll be blessed or Start mourning and then you'll get the blessing of contentment or comfort, right? Uh, become humble and you'll inherit the earth. 
Become merciful and you'll get mercy, right? In other words, do this work and then you get mercy. Make peace with people and you become a child of God. And it's almost as if like, like these things have become things that we do in order to get what we want, right? So it's like, it's like humility always seems like a really good idea. It's something that we should do in order to get something that we want. And, 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 and the, that kind of mindset almost shows that we're not understanding the whole heart of the gospel in that, right? I mean, that's not what Jesus is doing here. He's not giving us action points. Say, hey, if you want blessing, start doing these things, right? That's not what Jesus is doing here. He's not providing us action points. Jesus is saying here, hey, I am bringing blessing to the meek. I am bringing blessing to the poor in spirit, to the humble, to those who have been persecuted. I am bringing blessing to them. So if we connect the idea that Jesus is claiming the kingdom of God, the good news of the kingdom of God, that these aren't action points. These are announcements. These are heraldings of the good news of the gospel, right? These are good tidings. They're announcements of something happening. They're not instructions simply to follow, right? So Jared Wilson in his book, he says, the Beatitudes are beautiful entailments of the good news of God's kingdom, which has come in and through the person and work of Jesus Christ. That is to say, they do not come in and through the strategies of therapeutic Christian moralizing, where we make things into action points, points of obedience, right? As the reality is, Jesus is is pointing out how popular Judaism had gotten it all wrong, right? They they were singing songs and, 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 and boasting of things like, and their beatitudes were, hey, blessed are the rich in good works. Blessed are those who have no sin to be convicted over. Blessed are those who boast in their abilities to keep the law. Blessed are those who are righteous. What else do they need, right? Blessed are those who only care for the house of Israel's needs. And blessed are those who are pure in all that people see on the outside. But Jesus, Jesus is taking all of that and he's turning it upside down. Actually, to be honest, Jesus isn't simply turning that upside down. He's turning things right side up. You see, they had gotten it all wrong. They had turned it upside down and distorted what God's kingdom was supposed to be about. And Jesus comes in and he turns things right side up. Guys, listen, listen to the description of the people who he says is blessed, right? He says, it's the spiritually impoverished. It's the emotionally devastated. It's the, it's the psychologically weak. And the culturally oppressed, it's the inwardly pure, not outwardly pure, the inwardly pure. It's the relationally calm and peaceful. It's the physically abused. It's the personally accused, right? As these beatitudes are Jesus setting right reality of the kingdom of God. He's showing us and heralding to us the good news of the kingdom of God and showing us who the gospel really is supposed to be for. In other words, like if, if we're going to get a point uh, from any of this, right, with, with what the Beatitudes are about, the point is that the gospel of the kingdom of God is for the misfits, right? It's, it's for those who just can't seem to get it together. It's for those who, who wrestle with sin and temptation and hate it and want righteousness and they don't get it right every time, right? And, and if this is the case, if I'm understanding this correctly, then praise God, right? Praise God because this is... 
incredibly good news for like my weary soul. Um, I'm going to get a little bit real with you. And if that's, I hope that's okay. Um, this is really good news for my soul. And, and the reason why, like, I, I mean, I, I can illustrate it with just simply saying, Hey, let's take a, let's take a look, a quick snapshot of my, my last week personally, my own walk with Christ and, and my own life. Um, a quick snapshot would show you something like this. Uh, I, I, I wrestled this week with several insecurities and doubts, like multiple insecurities that I had to wrestle through. I didn't have everything together. I'm not secure a lot of times in who I am in Christ. You know, several times this week, I struggled with some fears about our future. A few different times this week, I stumbled into temptation, stumbled into temptation, and I I didn't exactly win the fight. I'll give you an example, right? Um, So I have three kids, right? You've only seen one, maybe two. You saw two, right? And all three of them have their own personal Bibles. They've got their kid Bibles. um, And uh, Isaac finally got his on his third year birthday uh, back in January. And so when he got his, one of the things that we started doing as a family, when we do our family devotions every night, um, is I have the picture book, right, of, of the Bible story. And they are challenged to open up their Bible and find where that story is in the Bible. And we're working with that. And uh, I think that's a point of discipleship. And, and, and uh, I'm, I praise God that they're excited about it. They love the fact that they have their own Bibles. They love the fact that they're trying to find where the story is. In, in God's word that we're reading. And so I'll read from the Bible as they look at the pictures, but they've got their Bible right in front of them. And, and I'll just tell you, like, even in that moment, like I, I lose my patience. Like in one of the most beautiful things where you see, uh, like if I were to see a family doing that and a father leading a kids in that, like, I'd, I'd, I'd be like, man, that's, that's, that's incredible. Praise God for that family. Like the kids are engaging with God's word. And I didn't get it right. Like I'm sitting there and no, it's here, right? Just stay there. Stop. And, and like I'm losing my patience with my kids when they can't seem to find like where in the Bible they need to be. Like how, how wretched am I? It's, it's, it's incredibly discouraging to see that I'm still there. I'm still in that place. And so that's just a snapshot of my week, right? And, and, and I'll also tell you this. So on, on Thursday, um, every, every so often, uh, every month or two, I try to do something called a, a dog day, D-A-W-G. And it's just devoted always in worship to God. And, and I just set aside that whole day for uh, reading and praying, journaling, uh, worshiping, singing songs and things. And... Um, it was right after that Wednesday night where I, I, I just lost my patience with my kids. And I'm sitting there in that moment and I'm weeping, right? I'm on that day, Thursday, I'm, I'm weeping over my doubts and my fears and my insecurities. And then I hear, blessed are those who mourn. I'm angry at my sin and I'm begging to be more like Jesus Because too many people are getting hurt from my own failures and my own yielding to sin and temptation. 
And then I hear, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then I'm, I'm in prayer and I'm admitting my complete inability and all my weaknesses in order to be able to keep God's commands and, and do anything that would please him. And then I hear, blessed are the humble and meek. And then I'm in prayer and I'm, I'm, I'm convinced and I'm declaring my full dependence on Christ for any kind of good fruit and work that would be born out of me. And I hear, blessed are the poor in spirit. I didn't find anything to boast about after that. I didn't find myself in that place because, because I wanted their corresponding blessings. No, actually, God found me. He met with me there. He proclaimed the gospel of his kingdom to my soul. He outed me as not being good enough. And then he told me, hey, it's okay. Jesus is good enough. Guys, the, the kingdom of God is full of weak, incapable, doubtful, mourning, tired, unrighteous, ragamuffin, ragamuffin people. Right? That's, that's the kingdom of God. That's its citizens. That's who are welcome in, right? It's not those who are high and mighty, those who think they have righteousness, those who think that they don't need anything else, who are complete in and of themselves, right? The kingdom of God is not for them, right? The kingdom of God is for those who, who don't have their act together, who can't seem to get things right, who long for righteousness and don't look for it in themselves. They turn to Jesus and acknowledge that only he can accomplish that work in them. As Jared, Jared, I mean, Jared Wilson in his book, he said this, he said, it's those who would find that this admission, in other words, the admission that the kingdom of God is for the weak and for those who are misfits and those who are the unrighteous, those who are incapable and the doubtful. It's those who would find this admission beneath them. In other words, they think of themselves above Christ and above this gospel who actually in the end will end up losing. But, Jared says, those who get to the end of their rope, though, those who are so overwhelmed that they've run out of angles to play, formulas to recite, motivational posters to quote, those who perennially cannot even, those who sit in the dark wondering how, when, why, and where to start looking for the light, those who are desperate for Jesus, no matter the cost, mainly because they've already lost it all. Them, they're the winners. They're the ones who are blessed. And so all that to say, like, for those of you who have been walking with Christ for years, like, this is the gospel. This is the good news. For those of you who have never heard the gospel, this is, this is for you, right? And so I, I think... What I would just say is like in reflection, do you feel like a misfit? Do you feel out of place? Do you feel weary because you just can't seem to get your act together and all whenever you think you've got things in place, it just kind of crumbles? Are you tired of certain things in your character <laughs> that you wish were different? Do you hide some things that are pretty messy in your life just because you're afraid people might reject you? Or, or I would say even like King David in the Psalms, 
Are you constantly saying, man, my sin is ever before me? If that's you, I've got good news. The kingdom of God is for people like you. The kingdom of God is for people like me, like us. There's no boasting. I have no ability to boast in anything except Christ alone. The kingdom of God is for people like us who are the misfits, who can't seem to get their act together, the unrighteous. As there's blessing in the struggle of the Christian faith. The blessing doesn't come after when you finally made it where you are harder, better, faster, stronger, right? Because Jesus is always enough for you. And all we get to do is join Jesus in the triumphal possession of victory that he's already won for us on the cross. That's where there's rest. That's where there's blessing. So that's what I would just challenge us with as we're thinking about these Beatitudes, thinking about kingdom economics and, uh, and how to think about those who truly are blessed. It's not that we get the blessing after we become these things. We get the blessing whenever we recognize we can't be perfect in these things, and Jesus can. So with that, um, I just kind of want to pray over you guys and, and pray a blessing over you all, and then, and then we'll wrap up our live stream portion, and then we'll have some time to fellowship on the Zoom meeting. So let me pray for us. King Jesus, I, I praise you that you have heralded the good news of the gospel that says, uh, I'm not good enough, that we're not good enough, and we don't have to be, that, that Jesus is good enough. And the invitation to be holy as you are holy is simply an invitation to, to experience life with you and what it's like to have Christ in us, the hope of glory. So God, I, I pray for those of us who are weary, who are unsettled about our character, unsettled about how they think about themselves, about how they act, who, who are constantly struggling with the, the, the desire to be righteous and yet the ever-present feeling of, of, of sin. God, I pray that you, would, that you would build us up in the blessing that is already ours for being citizens in the kingdom of God. I pray, Father, that we would not moralize these Beatitudes in the sense that, that we make them action points. I pray, Father, that, that we would ultimately just see that, that the gospel outs us as, as the poor in spirit, as the humble, as the incapable and unworthy, and then makes us worthy, makes us capable, makes us acceptable in Christ alone. So God, would you give us rest in that and help us to find the blessing there? We love you. And we pray all of this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Um, thanks for joining us. If you're on the live stream, I appreciate you joining us here. If you're on the Zoom, hang tight. Uh, but for those of you on the live stream, love you guys. And uh, God bless you. We're going to be wrapping up the live stream now. So um, we'll see you soon. We hope this message helps you multiply faithful followers of Jesus Christ. For more information about our church, please visit waynesboroughfm.com.